What's up? Welcome to the Check Six Podcast, where we're helping you suck less now so you don't hook later with your host, Nano. And Bender, coming to you from Columbus Air Force Base, Mississippi. It's been a long time. It has. Like a really long time. I feel kind of bad. Yeah, we, we completely let our listeners down. We act like we have a million listeners. All, all two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve and Dale, we let you down. <laughs> I'm guessing that's the name of our listeners. Yeah. Um, but we have been busy. Yeah. With this, uh, these innovation flights, we've been standing up. We're doing a project on the side right now, standing up innovation flights, and um, and we uh, we kind of put the podcast on the back burner. But we're back. We're back, <laughs> and in full force. So. Yes. So what are we doing? We're ripping the bandaid off today. Ripping the bandaid off, getting back into it, and so we're going to start with uh, a little bit of a philosophical topic your favorite yeah i know um i'm gonna try to keep you to a minimum yeah today. Keep, we're gonna keep it to it's gonna be shorter fed to me faster funnier today is kind of what we're going for but um we're gonna be talking about airmanship what is airmanship what is airmanship it is it's hard to define it uh, is. it's very hard to find we it's fuzzy yeah pilots like to throw this term around like oh you need better airmanship or you know that guy has great airmanship or something or gal but, and uh yeah and um but no one i feel like really has a full grasp on what airmanship is it's almost like define innovation (laughs) you ask somebody and it's it's different yeah exactly and and, and, i mean even what we googled what airmanship was a second ago right and all google says was like it's skill in an aircraft (laughs) i'm like okay i mean i guess but but there's a lot more to that. And a lot of people accept that there's more to it than that. But what we're going to attempt to do here is just talk about some of the facets that go into airmanship, um, kind of kind of help try to define it, talk yeah. to how we can get airmanship a little bit, and really just kind of relate to some other stuff that we uh, we often do. And that's, yeah. I feel like it's positive. what we do a lot. We do anecdotes, analogies, or metaphors. I don't know the yeah, difference. I think it's one of those things that when you when you've been around it, you'll know it when you see it, right? Somebody has good airmanship, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll know it when you see it. But yeah. when, ask, when someone asks you to define it... Or how to get it. Or how to get it, it's really hard. So hopefully yeah. we can do a little bit of that today. Exactly. So we'll do our, our best hack at defining airmanship here. Okay. Yeah. I'll let you go first. You'll let me go for it. <laughs> um, and it kind of comes down to a couple of things. Okay. It's first, you got to have the baseline knowledge of knowing what to do. Right. It's a general understanding of your own skill level even knowing like self-awareness yeah yeah that's huge which is like you know that you have the skill to do x y or z or don't which is even more important if you know that you can't do something you know making the decision to not do that yeah and then knowing your aircraft it kind of gets in the gk thing but specifically the aircraft that you're flying and how to employ it in various fashions and then having situation is situational awareness outside of yourself as well external situational awareness on what's going on Outside the aircraft, be it weather, be it um, other aircraft, be it, you know, terra firma or things attached to it, right? Mm -hmm. So you put all those things together and make good decisions in light of that. And in UPT, what we'll often define that is, is risk management and decision making. The ability to assess risk based on these factors and make good decisions because of that. Right. That's my best hack. Okay. Yeah, that was long and confusing. You think so? 
Yeah, but I mean, you hit everything. Then give us the redneck Georgia yeah, version. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of where I was going to. I mean, t- for me, airmanship is the ability to do your job when everything falls apart. That's kind of why we pay pilots the big bucks. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean if, if you think about it, if it was perfect day, perfect weather, perfect aircraft, every day, every single time, and every time you pushed a button or every time you pushed up your power, it did exactly what you told it to do, and there was no like nebulous stuff out there, everybody could become a pilot, right? Yes. But it, what, what, and this is kind of what we're doing in this innovation flight. We're trying to get away from the put square one and hole square one. You know yeah. what I mean? We're trying to get it to where, hey, won't you think it a little differently? What, what if everything falls apart? How can we get you to start thinking this way and to start looking at things and projecting out and seeing what possibilities are coming in? Because the further you can look ahead, the better you're going to be when that bad situation occurs. Yeah. Well, I so. mean, and like, you can put it in terms of this. Why don't we have computers flying Delta aircraft yet? And it kind of goes back to like the Soli Solenberg situation. Yeah. Right? It takes someone with tons of experience, yeah. right? Lots of time in a jet. Mm-hmm. And when everything falls apart, emergency situation, you take, you suck a bunch of geese down, all your engines. You have the ability to make a good decision in that moment, right? And if to, a computer, to land it in the Hudson, you know right. what I mean? Like and that's, a computer never would have made that decision. Well, they try to recreate the scenario. Like how many times there's so many people afterwards and no one could do it? Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. that kind of thing. Exactly. Wasn't with Denzel Washington where he turned the jet upside down while well, I mean, he was, he was oh, drinking? But yeah, that was a crazy movie. Uh, flight was that flight? Flight was it just flight? I yeah. saw that the other day. That was not the opening scene of that movie. I was like, uh, this ain't gonna be good. Yeah, highlights to take from that: good airmanship. Don't take from that <laughs> drinking before flying. Right. Yeah. Or other things. Yeah. Or other things. Jeez. So, um, so I think- all, the, all that to say, it's it's um, it's why we play pilots to the big bucks is because of airmanship. Yeah. It's not just an equation that you're solving for. It's solving for these nebulous things that you never know what's going to happen, but the ability to adapt into non-standard situations. Absolutely. Cool. Horse. All right, man. Horse is dead and beaten. I think so. Redneck version and all. Um, all right, so you've got you've got something that you actually taught me not too long ago. Yeah, um, that I found really interesting because I think it's going to help our definitions that we basically try to come up with. And yeah, that's that hierarchy of competencies, and that's a really fancy word for the makeup of being a good pilot. Yeah, and and it, when any, if any of you guys end up in UPT or in UPT and you look at a grade sheet, we grade all of these things every single flight. Every single flight. Yeah. But there's a hierarchy to them, in my opinion. This is purely technique. It's not written anywhere necessarily. To where you need certain things before you can have other things. Right. Right? That one thing leads into another. Okay. And the base of everything, this is why we start in phase one, is academics. But the more broader term we use for that is general knowledge. GK. Yeah. Right? So if you have GK... Or worse, you don't have GK. Mm-hmm. You don't even know what to do. Okay. What does right look like? You have no idea. You haven't read another book. You haven't memorized it. And we talked to a lot of various things in terms of GK outside of systems and rules and stuff. But like uh, an example would be pitch pictures, right? Right. We have or in con- the T6, pitch and power. Pitch and power. P- yeah, pitch and power, Perfect pitch example. pictures, all that kind of stuff. Right. If you don't know that for level flight at 200 knots in the T6, it's 
line on line, zero pitch, zero degrees nose high or nose low, and 50% plus altitude for the power. You can't do anything. You won't even start there so you don't have that baseline knowledge to begin with. And here, here's another cool thing. I can, I can tie this in, kind of a war story, but when you're flying multiple aircraft or after you've been in a while and you've flown four or five different aircraft, mm. you get to a point where, and I think I've said this on one of our previous um, podcasts that we had, you get to a point where an airplane's an airplane and you, all you really need are air speeds and limitations and you can kind of make the rest work. But again, it goes back to that GK of, I need to know at what speed can I rotate? Yeah. What are my flap speeds? What are my gear speeds? Retraction and extension. And then what's my landing speed? Yeah. And that's kind of that baseline GK. And obviously that's not everything, but you know, if you want to go out and men run and just be able to you know, not die, st- steal you know I mean? a plane and not die, that's the kind of stuff you're looking at. So that's yeah. GK. And and that leads into you can't fly an aircraft well. Right. You won't be able to make good decisions. You won't be able to have what we call situational awareness, quote unquote, if you do not have that baseline GK. So we right. put a huge emphasis on just understanding the core concepts of an aircraft of aviation at the very beginning, especially pilot training. So let's just assume you have perfect GK. You know everything. Okay. What that then allows you to do is then lean into another core competency that we have, which is basic aircraft control. Okay. So basic aircraft control is just our ability to properly fly an aircraft in a stable fashion. It's kind of how I would define that. To include pitch and power, trim is a big thing. Huge, especially in the T6. Trim is huge yeah. in the T6s. We don't have auto trim. We don't have auto throttles like some other aircraft have. And so in pilot training, you're going to get graded on basic aircraft control, right? Exactly. So let's talk about that real quick. It's plus or minus. 100 feet for a good on altitude yeah on altitude airspeed is plus or minus plus 10. or minus 10 i mean it varies roughly. depending on the yeah, phase of flight, yeah. and then heading is five plus or minus and again it depends and on, it depends yeah yeah but just just to give you guys kind of when we say basic aircraft control we're talking about a heading an airspeed and an altitude and you could either be maintaining that changing it to get to a different one but at some point you're going to be there yeah exactly and the, the anecdote I always get students is, is it easier to fly a plane just sitting in a chair or wrestling the aircraft, wrestling a bear of an aircraft? Right. And it's so much easier just sitting in a chair versus having an untrimmed aircraft that's pulling its nose all over the place and you're fighting the jet. Mm-hmm. Your essay bubble will be so small, you will not be able to make good decisions again yeah. if you are just trying to keep this aircraft from flying off the rails type thing. Yeah, I, I tell you, it's funny. Like I've had a couple kids look at me funny. But I'll sit there in the brief and I'll tell them, I say, look, if you want to really fly this aircraft, let go of the controls. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of and a litmus test for how good you're flying. Yeah, the plane. because you're, if you're trimmed yeah. up and you got everything set, pitch, power, trim, you let go of the aircraft and it does what you told it to do. Yeah. You know, you're more you're more setting it and letting it do its thing because if you over control it, your basic aircraft control just goes out there. Yeah, and you'll hear some IPs talk about like, you fly the aircraft, don't let the aircraft fly you. Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah. So trim it off to the point where you almost are hands off. Right. Is good basic aircraft control is I'm flying the aircraft and I'm able to let go of the controls that it's so trimmed. Yeah. Exactly. And the T six, you can trim the T six off very easily once you get fairly proficient with it. Yeah. Now that's the, so you have to have a baseline of GK to have good basic aircraft control because you don't know what you're doing and then execute it well. Right. And then the next level of that is task management. So again, task management is great at every single sorting. 
and it's generally defined as your ability to do a set number of tasks over the sortie in order fairly expeditiously and proficiently. Aviate, navigate, communicate. It's usually the core of there task is. management, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, the, and this is purely my opinion, but I think this comes before cross-check. Okay. Because, and some people disagree with me on that, but the reason I do that is task management can almost be rote knowledge. Okay. You can manage task, like think of an overhead pattern, right? Right. I can manage those tasks based off of memory almost. Yeah. I'm going to roll up initial. I'm going to go into the brake at 3,000 feet down uh, from down the runway. That's mm -hmm. the brake zone. I'm going to set a single digit number below 10%. I'm going to roll to six degrees of bank, trim, 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 keep it level. The ex you know, And I'm going I to slow down saying. below 140 knots. I'm going to go, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. below 140 gear clear, gear handle, flap setting, confirm the gear. And as I slow down, I'm going to add power to capture that airspeed, continue to trim, handle shook down through green flaps, takeoff, arrive. But you get my point. I can, I can do that ahead of time and practice that ahead of time. And the, I mean, I remember being in pilot train, like writing out these action points just to know <laughs> yeah. what order they're coming. Drawing the picture of the exactly. pattern. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of like the standard you want to get to with these things is you can do that with almost very little cross check ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. But I, if, if you don't have task management and you only have cross check, it doesn't matter because who who knows where the plane's going and what you're trying to do next. Yeah. Right. I could I could see those two as almost interchangeable. They are they are interchangeable. You yeah. almost need good task management to have good cross check, you almost need good cross check to have task management, but because you can't you can't really cross check ahead of time, but you can get task management down ahead of time. Yeah. So that's kinda of why I put it that way. So Which leads us to our next core competency. Next core competency, which is cross check, <laughs> cross -check in my opinion. Go. And it's and um the way I think it's the two seventeen talks about it, mm -hmm. and also the two forty eight is the hub and spoke method. Yeah, I mean that's you know it's funny. So we we were flying the other day in these virtual reality sims yeah. with these brand new students that have maybe simmed once, haven't really touched an aircraft, and it's really funny because on the the uh, not Oculus our uh, Vibe Pros, yeah. there's a little dot. So you can see like where they're looking. Exactly. I know that's actually kind of. Nice. <laughs> it's really yeah. funny because the dot, you know, like you'll be trying to look at the airspeed, and they're they'll be looking off their left wing. Like, like you should be looking at the airspeed. Hey, right bro, now. you're yeah. twenty knots slow. Um, but the the cross check, the hub and spoke, get, kind of getting back to that. It's just like a real simple, easy way to get started with it. But one thing that I found, and I was explaining this to my student. She, she looked at me and she was like, I, I'm not really sure what I should be looking at when. And I was yeah. like, well, yeah, that's what a cross check is, is figuring out what to look at when. And it, and it really depends on the phase of flight. It does. Yeah. It does. But it's funny because now that, you know, been flying for a long time, got however many thousand hours, I don't even think about cross check anymore because you've done it so many times. You've so many repetitions in every phase of flight that your eyes just automatically go there. And so... Cross check almost turns into kind of like muscle memory at a certain It's like point. trim at a certain but, point. But yeah. you can't ever you can't get to that point without actively without actively right. using some sort of mess method to like get you going. And the hub and spoke, I really like. So why don't you explain that? Yeah, so the hub and spoke for you guys that don't know is effectively the hub of the wheel of the cross check wheel is your ADI. Yeah. Which it, is it, tell it, them what that yeah, is. Yeah, it's your um, attitude display indicator. Is that what the D stands for? Yeah. Display indicator? And we have an electronic one, so in the T6 is an EADI. Yeah. And it, it, it shows your bank angle and your pitch, your attitude. Right. So for you guys that like if you find flight simulator or something like that, it's usually 
dead, dead center of your instrument panel in front of you for every and it's got it's got it's a it's a circle with a blue sky on the top and either like brown or black on the bottom for ground yeah and the reason it's at the dead center of every single instrument panel is because it's the center of your cross check right like human factors wise that's what you need to be staring at because if um i don't know if you've seen the video of the f-16 guy who um is staring at a hud mm-hmm. and he kind of He's in in IFR in the clouds, yeah, and he can't figure out which way is up. Oh yeah, because like, there's and no color. And yeah. he's yelling at him to get on the round dials. Yeah, that's that's it was flight leads yelling at him to get on the round dials because he's just he's just like keeps rotating. Keeps or rolling. He, he keeps yeah, rolling I remember he that. He doesn't know which crazy. way is up because and he says get on the round dials. Round dials being your conventional navies because yeah. it's it makes it very easy to know you know sky is up, ground is down. Which way am I facing <laughs> relative right. to that? But. The, the hub and spoke method is ADI is the center, and the spokes are all the other ancillary. So airspeed, uh, yeah, airspeed vertical yeah. speed indicator, attitude, altitude, heading, heading course, all course, these. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, so it would go center of the hub, which ADI, airspeed. And you go back to ADI, altitude, back to ADI, course. And that's how your cross-check generally flows. And we mentioned, though, that based on the phase of flight, it's going to change. So, like... Let's do an example. You're flying on inside down and getting your gear down. You'll start bringing the runway into your cross check more. Right. So it'd be, and that's one thing I was just about to say. You know, the hub and spoke talks about inside the cockpit when mm-hmm. I'm doing kind of a, what we call the instrument co- cross check. But when you come to pilot training, you're going to get hammered on every single day about looking outside. And so that's kind of the composite cross check is what we call yeah. it. Where, but the one thing I always tell guys is. You don't know what the picture outside is supposed to look like until you can set the inside picture correctly. So Which stems from GK basic G- aircraft control task. Yeah, comes right up, yeah. right up the ladder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. and 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 then other examples would be your information. You'll start bringing the other aircraft into your cross check. Right, you know, like that kind of stuff. Maybe you're flying a low level. You'll start bringing your map into your cross check. Your like physical pieces of paper. Right. Um, so the the. And then also I'll start dropping certain things out of my cross check based on the phase of flight as well. When I'm on short final, I'm not necessarily checking my fuel state or I'm not doing ops checks on short final. What I'm focusing on is, you know, the aim mantra. Point, aim point airspeed. Aim point airspeed. My, my cross check yeah. is very small and focused on two things. Aim point airspeed, aim point airspeed. Because right. that's what's important at the point in time. And, and then, then I do a touch and go. Now I'm starting to bring my gear into my cross check and my altitude, my cross, you know, so right. it'll, it'll change. The other thing, you know, when you're flying straight and level around the pattern, or not even straight and level, even just in the pattern in general, you know, you said 50, 50% plus altitude, so we said about 51. And my, I don't have to check my torque every five seconds or every two seconds because I can go... Like set it and forget it kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. There's certain phases where you know your power set, and if you set it right and you checked it and it's good, and your airspeed is maintaining the entire time throughout, mm. there's no need to check it because you know your air... You know, your, if your airspeed speeds up, first thing I'm going to check is, is my nose down? Yeah. How's my altitude? Okay, all that's good. Oh, now my, my power went up. Yeah. You know, so. and And then, but what I will not... Well, I'll caveat that with is... You never want to completely drop anything for no, always out of your cross check no, because no. that's where emergency situations. If you set fifty one percent, and you know X amount of time later you look at it and you're like, wow, my my torque is now zero. Right. Well, that's probably because your engine failed. You know, like you know <laughs> something like, something like that right. where or or here's the other thing: as you climb in the T six, your torque drops off. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, that, so there's that, some stuff. Was that there. that torque decay or, or yeah, whatever? Yeah. 
So I don't, hey, I don't okay. La- last thing. Well, two two more things. So yeah, yeah go, kind of go, kind go. of in summary again. Baseline of GK, Got so it. that you have basic aircraft control. You can trim, set a pitch picture, pitch and power kind of stuff. Once you're able to do that, you can start managing tasks better. Once you start managing your tasks in an orderly fashion, in an expeditious fashion, you can start developing that cross check and knowing where to look and when. Once you're able to have a cross check, this is starting to get into what really what we we're considering airmanship to agree with the first level, which is situational awareness. Right. Again, kind of a, we're starting to get into nebulous concepts. To what is situational awareness? It relates to your ability to take in information that's all around you, yes. compile it, and figure out what's going on. Where are you relative to everything else kind of thing? Yeah. You know, the weather, what's happening with the weather, all that kind of stuff. Or, or, in, or in the Bender household, a seven and a nine-year-old girl. Low essay. Whole, <laughs> holy cow! You're talking bro. about like so people have low social <laughs> essay kind <laughs> of stuff. Dude, yeah. like, I, we have yet to have a dinner where something doesn't get dropped on the floor, or yeah. a glass doesn't get knocked over, or like so that talking about like situational awareness. You want to know that the easiest way to see low situational awareness. Go to a youth center. <laughs> like, like, seriously, if yeah. you have a cousin that's like a little kid, you know, just go watch little kids for Low a second. Low just generally. They, and, and I seriously, I, they're probably going to make fun of me for this later in life when they get old enough to figure it out. But we had, we had a no joke, sit down on the couch, explanation of what situational awareness was. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there trying to explain to a seven-year-old. And they're just like... You've got to know that the glass is right next to your hand. Bad, bad cross-check. That's, what, bad that's cross-check. terrible. Yeah, or, so, or I mean... My kids are going to hate me a, later. In a more conventional sense of what low... Like, imagine the guy that's chilling in the left, the fast lane oh, on the highway. Worst. And you're on his tail and you're trying you're trying to pass or whatever and they just will not get over. And they may not speed up. And... And you're like, this guy is the lowest essay. Like, you got to know that I'm right behind you and I'm trying to pass. <laughs> Asshole is low essay. That's low essay. <laughs> so, again, GK, basic aircraft control, leads in task management, leads in a cross check. And once you start doing that, you can start pushing what we call your essay bubble. Mm-hmm. Your essay bubble can get larger. You can start hearing radio calls from other aircraft. You know, you know, oh, I don't, I don't see this aircraft, but I know that they're, you know, at initial or someone just called marble, so that might be a conflict for me. I hear a weather advisory that's supposed to be, you know, 50 miles off my nose. I probably will have to divert for the thunderstorm that they're talking about. Yeah, that, That's how you start building that essay. And, and I will tell you, it's funny you say that about the radios because that's one thing as an instructor that we see all the time. If someone is, if their task management is out the window mm-hmm. or if their essay is really low, like super low and, yeah. and they're what we call way behind the aircraft, the very first thing to go is always the radios. Yep. It's always the radios. They'll just, they won't hear anything. It's almost like their auditory sense is just cut off because they're trying so hard just to get the plane into a situation where they feel comfortable. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the smaller the person's essay bubble is, the further they go down on that, this ladder of the hierarchy, if you will, um, the worse they're flying the plane, just yeah. in general. Like yep. you, you are doing worse in the aircraft. Finally, and I would say at the end of pilot training, I would when you when we mint fresh new aviators, they would have some semblance of situational awareness. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that, that's that. kind of the ultimately the goal is to start developing situational awareness in the aircraft. Yeah. The the holy grail, and this <laughs> this is when we start getting into what I would consider the core and the heart of airmanship is risk management and decision making. We grade it on every sortie, but there are instructors that I know. There are people who have thousands of hours who still 
have horrible risk management decision making. Man, man, all you got to do is go watch any news, you know. Yeah, ha- I mean, half of the you, half you hear of about the safety accidents. mishaps. You hear about uh, most accidents are due to human pilot error at right. these days, and it's generally because of a, either a lack of situational awareness or making bad decisions or poorly assessing risk. Right. Um, and so we can kind of break that apart. Risk management. Yep. I mean, we do our ORM cards every day, operational risk management and stuff. And that's what that is, is your ability to look at a situation, assess the risk. Mm-hmm. How how risky is the situation is it, and is this situation worthy of this risk? You right. know? And, there, and we need to caveat this. We will accept risk. Yes. In an aircraft, you are inherently in, in <laughs> accepting Except risk by taking your aviation is risky. body yeah. into the aircraft and to the air. Um, but kind of getting back to what we first talked about, being able to see things in the future, that's why we fill out a risk management sheet before we even step to the aircraft is, hey, here are some possible things that could throw us off our game, that could make this yeah. a, a bad sortie. So. Exactly. And um and like you talk about with accepting risk, like we fly combat aircraft. That's right. the point. They're, they're, we're, yeah. we're going to be military. We're not just being civilian aviators. We're military aviators. And there is risk inherently involved in that. Right. Some days it's worth the risk. Other days, and often we, we talk about in AATC, there's, we can always fly tomorrow kind of thing. Right. Um, we accept a lower level of risk. You're downrange. You're deployed in, in you know, a situation. You're willing to accept a higher level of risk. You know, there's troops in contact or, or whatever. Right. That's just how we will... We will uh, I don't know. You can almost imagine it being like a, a, a like a, a spigot. You know, you can accept more or less risk, mm-hmm. and you can dial it up or down. Um, now, the other component of that is decision making. Like right. just the ability to make good decisions in the aircraft based on all of those other things. Yeah, is again like the holy grail of aviation. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what makes you a good pilot versus a bad pilot. To be honest, you make a bad decision, you break something, or you hurt someone. Yeah. Make a good decision. You save something, you know, save someone or save machine. Right. And th- this is getting into like the always it depends. It's the classic answer for aviation. It's like, well, it depends. Right? right. And there will be days and you hear about mishaps where someone made all of the right decisions mm-hmm. and they still had to punch out of the aircraft. Yeah. They're perfectly valid in that decision. It was the safest decision at that time because of how they assessed the risk and the essay that they had. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just kind of walking up the ladder. Again, I can't foot something enough. You've got to start with GK for all of this. You cannot have any of these other things without a baseline of knowledge for everything that we're doing. Once you have the knowledge dialed in, you can start flying the aircraft better. Right. You can start flying it more stable and uh, more accurately and precisely. Once you're able to do that, you have the aircraft under control. You can start managing tasks and uh, going through this sequence of events that that will lead you to wherever you're trying to accomplish, whether that be an approach, whether that be employing weapons. That cross-check is going to be necessary to move further up the ladder to situational awareness. You have to have a good cross-check. That hub and spoke is a good place to start. Then you can start pushing out your essay bubble and understanding what's going on beyond your aircraft. Other aircraft in the, in the airspace, um, you know, again, we use the example of weather, you know, maybe enemy, enemy aircraft as well. And then once you start having that essay bu- bubble large enough, you can appropriately and properly assess risk and make better decisions. And I would say if you have all of those things, that's good airmanship. Yeah. I mean, that's, what is that, a 20-minute discussion on exactly, I mean, that's, but that's how hard it is to find, honestly, right. I would say, airmanship in general. Um, you kind of had some sports 
anecdotes you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, I was thinking, I was trying to think of, or even like professions, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, obviously the, the, the one thing airmanship takes is, is time, right? You're talking about like how you get better airmanship, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like time and practice. Like we've said what it is, you know, how, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's necessarily one way to really get better. I think it depends on the, it depends, right? Get back to the the whole thing. It depends on the individual. It depends on your learning style. It depends on so many different things. Exactly. And I guess I was just trying to, trying to relate it to, you know, like, oh, it's baseball season, you know, like you're, you and the Braves. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) they're having a great year, by the way, like straight up crushing it. Yeah. You just jinxed them by the way. Oh, I can't wait. I get to go to the July 5th game. I got box seats. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come back like 30 pounds heavier. It's gonna be phenomenal. Can't wait. Um, but let's let's break it down like this. You're you're a baseball player. You're standing in the batter's box. Yeah. Okay. And the pitcher's throwing you a 98 or 99 mile an hour fastball. <laughs> yeah. What's your reaction time if that thing's coming out of your head versus you know right in the strike zone, right down the, yeah. the middle of the strike zone? You can kind of relate that to like airmanship a little bit here. Might be a little bit of a reach, right? Yeah. But it's going to take some time. You're going to have to see that air, that speed of a pitch over and over again. And that's why if you look like 10 years ago, guys weren't throwing 98, right? They were feeling like 89, 90. So for a couple of years there, if there's a dude throwing 95, 96, nobody could touch him. Well, now everybody in the major leagues can hit a hundred mile an hour fastball, yep. right? And so it's it's one of those things but then when you see it come out of the pitcher's hand you know can you see the rotation can you see what the ball should be doing next how much time do you have to recognize that to get out of the way so you don't get beamed in the head <laughs> or swing and hit a home run i don't know i just kind of just to to put what, it kind of in a different time, light it takes time you know that's what you're saying so so going back to your ladder you know like gk what does the spin of a curveball versus the spin of a fastball look like? Can yeah. I recognize that? Basic control. Okay, am I in control of my body? Is my weight shifting right? Am I set up correctly in the box? Um, you know, task management. Is my bat on my shoulder or am I ready for the pitch? <laughs> I don't know. You can well, just kind of. And there's a general mechanic to how you swing right, as well. Co- like, mechanic you know, of how you swing. You know, right. dig, dig with that. I haven't played baseball since I was like, I think machine right. pitch or something back in the day. Right. Um, well, the example that I kind of talked to in terms of just gaining experience. Right, because at the end of the day, I think that's what you're getting at, which is it takes time and it takes experience to get better at airmanship. Practice. And um, and it, it's the uh, the doctor analogy, right? Doctors have practices, yeah. right? I mean, that's what they call, I don't know. That's kind of scary if you think about it. Yeah, they're, they're just practicing all the time right now. <laughs> but, I mean, the joke is why do they call it a practice? It's because they're always practicing. They're always, they're always going to get better. Even the best doctor in the world is practicing to improve his craft. Right. That's, what kind of, that's what this kind of is as a craft. Yeah. Relate that to aviation. I mean, we almost have, like the squadron is a practice if you think about it. Yeah. And what are we doing? Even our chief pilot, our best, you know, flight evaluators, they are not the best they could possibly be. Right. And I think it's a general mentality of all aviators is a desire to always be better. Yes. Where is there a deficiency in what you know? Mm-hmm. How can you um, close that gap in that deficiency? And, uh, and then find new deficiencies that you have, constantly seeking out those deficiencies in yourself and trying to improve them. Yeah, got to win the World Series. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> or, or beat ISIS, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. A little more. No, I like that, though. And, and, you know, I think that's every profession, right? You should yeah. never rest on your laurels. We're always trying to – we're always striving per, for perfection. Yes. We're never going to get there. But we're going to try our hardest, and we're going to do everything possible to get there. Yeah. And, and you know, using your ladder, I think that's yeah. probably the and, best way to And, and those of you that are listening right now, like if you are thinking about pursuing this career, it's going to be a career of continuous refinement. Absolutely. Over 20 years or however long you end up flying. Yeah. Continuous refinement over 20 years and you're never static, if you will. I mean, I mean, that's just kind of an inherent nature of flying is you can never stay in one place. Yeah. If you're staying in one place, you're either an idiot and you went and became a helicopter pilot or <laughs> there's something wrong, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. So something very wrong. Yeah. So never comfortable with being static yeah. um it's kind of a mindset that's for sure yeah that's for sure um so do you have any awesome it was kind of like a, I, I don't know like a c-17 or back in your spec you know, ops days or anything yeah, like that I've, yeah i've actually got one and it's not like it's not it's not like crazy cool but i, I will tell you this because i think it drives the point home yeah um flying an aircraft with another aircraft commander i was an instructor he was an aircraft commander high time you know yeah trusted each other out doing our thing um, flying around an airfield wasn't a tower um, of water nearby bunch of birds everywhere guy goes into the final turn I'm kind of watching getting slow around the final turn hey man check your airspeed birds fly underneath we gotta raise the nose up right Right. we're already slow raise the nose up got mm. people on the aircraft I saw it all coming Right. I saw it coming and I saw it all the way back at the perch because I had already spotted out. I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm the greatest pilot, blah, blah, blah. But it came with time it, in the it, aircraft. It did. Yeah. It came with time with the aircraft. It came with experiences. It came with all of the traffic pattern stalls that I had done <laughs> as an instructor in T6. Recognize, confirm, recover. Recognize, confirm, recover, right? Yeah. So we're coming around the final turn, slow, birds come underneath, nose come up to, to not hit the birds. Stick shaker kicks off. Hey, man, I need you to make a correction now. No correction made. Max, relax, roll. Disregard ground track. 90 right. degrees off the runway. Tracking straight ahead. Got it under control. Brought it back around and landed it. And that always kind of sticks out in my mind because I think way, way early in my career, that would not have been a good situation. You know? And... Uh, that we would have some bad could have really happened there and the fact that i was able to take in that whole scenario and see hey there's a possibility this could happen it could get bad really quick right and catching it before it got too too far um to where we all lived you know to be honest and i i'll never forget landing from that sortie and just kind of taking a second you know like shutting the plane down and just kind of sitting there for a second going I'm, Woofta. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I'm, and I'm really glad that. Yeah. I mean, all there's, a, there's a couple of things to unpack there. Like one is we're kind of creatures of habit. Yes. Um, we, we, uh, we try to ingrain ourselves with these habit patterns starting from really day one. You're talking about traffic pattern stalls. Like yeah. we're practicing those because of that exact situation. And I remember hating those as a student being like, how many times do I have to go do these? This is so dumb. We're just trying what do to... they mean? Disregard the ground track. They're just up. But it, it came back. Yeah, and it's, we're putting grooves in the brain kind yeah. of thing. You know what I mean? Just these, yeah. the, and and then, what, that was 
that was 12 years after pilot training when that mm -hmm. happened you know yeah. so. and then another thing there i can't help but foot stomping enough at least while in aetc and again 90 percent of the time it's always safer to make the conservative decision dude i've gone around in iraq yeah i mean seriously yeah if you're if it if it's going to kill somebody I don't care what environment you're in, do it over. It's okay. Yeah. You know? And, and it's, it's, you look at a lot of mishaps, again, you look at a lot of mishaps, right? Yeah. It's generally because someone tried to drive an unsafe situation and continue. Right. Because they thought that the alternative was that much worse. And it's, and it's again, 90% of the time, it is not. Exactly. It is not. Exactly. And then the way that can apply it to pilot training is classic student thing. They just get fixated on landing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can wrap around to what you're talking about, the landing environment. Fixated on landing, fixated on the runway. They're just, all they're thinking about is, crash if I don't flare, like I just need to get this sucker on the mm -hmm. ground so I don't hook, so I pass my check mm -hmm. ride. It might be a pride thing, whatever. The ability to overcome that pride, the ability to think past that is really an invaluable skill. Yeah. Because it, it would probably save your skin one day. Yeah. And, I tell you, man, hey, pilots, we're all big headed. <laughs> Most yeah. of us are type A, but the good ones are humble and they know when to call it quits, meaning in a situation like that, they know when to make the tough decision that's gonna make them not look as cool to all their friends, but still yeah. go home and see their You might hear about a roll call. Yeah, yeah you, you know what I mean, whatever, you might get called that once, who cares? Yeah. But I mean, even think about the um, traditionally thought of as the best pilots in the Air Force, the WIC pilots, right? Yeah. Or weapons school pilots. Yeah. And the classic WIC thing is the humble, approachable, credible thing. Absolutely. You know, certain sense of humility, um, having the credibility to back up your decisions, and that comes from GK and all the airmanship stuff, right. and then just generally being an approachable individual. People will generally gravitate towards an individual that is not lording their skills over anyone else. Exactly. Yeah, and kind of just around this out though, um, and you, we mentioned a couple times, and this is really another facet. It kind of it's a little bit of essay, a little bit of risk management, really experiences, and you keep talking about, you know, ha having foresight, right? Being mm -hmm. the ability to project yourself into the future. Yeah. Um, What's it? What's the term in books? Why can't I always? Um, what are you talking when about? you like predict what's happening? Uh, I, I mean, I felt like I kind of summed it up pretty good with foresight. <laughs> and no, projecting a, yourself into the future. <laughs> I, I, don't, what, I don't know what you're saying. There's whatever. There's another term for it, and I just can't. Yeah. I can't figure it out. Well, Go we'll, ahead. Sorry. But we'll I'll, cut that I'll, off. Yeah. Right? No, we won't. Um, <laughs> that skill you do not have when you first start flying. No, and there's no way to have it. Yeah, the only way you get this skill is by practicing it. Now, what is it, Chuck Chuck Yeager, I think, was talking about his opinion on how to get airmanship is literally just spending time in a cockpit. I mean, we're in a new day and age, whether that be virtual, whether that be an actual cockpit, I would say it doesn't really matter. But just spending time in a cockpit, dealing with non-standard situations, real-world situations as much as possible, mm -hmm. that's how you can start anticipating these things having the foresight and projecting yourself in the future. That's, I feel like airmanship as well. Oh, I like it. Cool, man. Are we less than an hour? We're at, yeah, here we are. Yes. We shagged it. We did it. Cool. All right, well, welcome so, back. Yeah, welcome back, guys. If fun. you're still listening and you haven't deleted <laughs> Check Six Podcast off your iPhones, um, we appreciate it. Or but, Android. Uh, yeah, but what we're, we're gonna attempt to do is here. continue um, on a weekly basis for now, maybe. We're gonna lie and say a weekly basis. And, um, <laughs> And uh, as usual, um, parting shots. 
Yeah, just make sure you guys send us an email, uh, blazesparksell at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, if you have any um, critiques we, from what we said. Or, yeah, we got, yeah. speaking of, real quick, we, we did get a couple of emails and guys were asking for some higher end stuff uh, on the uh, MWS side, like some formation type things. Okay. Just want to let you guys know, we're going to try not to get too detailed into that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. There's certain things we'll definitely try to hit on. But there's certain things we can't talk about. Yeah, there's stuff we just can't talk about. So um, please uh, keep listening. Definitely uh, hit us up with questions and um, we're looking for ideas. Uh, We're trying to bring in some more special guests and get some new fresh voices in here. Um, But Anyway, appreciate you guys listening. Sweet. See you. What?